welcome to our second 15-minute history podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Gemma. In this podcast, we're not looking at a place, but at a person. That person is Grace Darling, who in 1838 rode her way into the history books. And yes, that pun was intended. We love a pun. Liar. Mainly you. Mainly you love a pun. Okay, tell us about Grace. Grace Horsley Darling was born on the 24th of November, 1815 in Bamborough, Northumberland. She was the seventh of nine children born to lighthouse keeper William Darling and his wife, Thasmin. When Grace was just a few weeks old, the family moved to Brownsman Island, which was one of the Farne Islands, where her father was lighthouse keeper. In 1826, the family moved to the newly built lighthouse on Longstone Island. I love a lighthouse. Yeah. They always romantic. Look, yeah, I was going to say they look really romantic. But, like, what was life like in a lighthouse? Do you think that we like lighthouses because we're quite introverted and people can't just drop over and see you? Potentially. That does that aspect of it does appeal to me. I reckon with enough books and maybe some Wi-Fi, I could quite comfortably live on a in a lighthouse. Yeah, anyway. The stairs, the stairs are, like, the, the issue. Stammer stair lift? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> well, I'm willing to bet that as much as we uh, might fancy ourselves as good lighthouse keepers, it probably wasn't the most comfortable place to live. It would have been drafty, isolating, and you would have been on top of each other if there was, you know, as in this case, there was a whole family. The Darling family would have spent most of their time on the ground floor, which would have been one large room, and that would have been heated by a wood stove. This would have been where they cooked, ate, and went about their day. There would have been a spiral staircase leading to three bedrooms above and then the light right at the top of the tower. Once they moved to Longstone, the accommodation was slightly better, but the island itself was, quote, less hospitable, meaning William had to row back to Brownsman Island to pick up vegetables from their former garden and feed their animals. I mean, yeah, it sounded less like a lifestyle that I would enjoy right now. Yeah. So how does Grace become famous then? A steamship called the Forfarshire was sailing from Hull to Dundee on the 7th of September, 1838. When its engine failed, the captain, seeking shelter, mistook the Longstone Lighthouse for the lighthouse on Inner Farn, which was closer to the shore. The ship was then hit by a large wave, which launched it into the air before it crashed down onto Big Harker Rock. Within 15 minutes, half the ship had sunk, claiming the lives of dozens of people on board. However, nine survivors managed to clamber onto the rock where they likely would have died if not for Grace and her father, William. At 4.45am, Grace, looking out of her bedroom window, saw the survive- saw the outline of the wreck. And then by 7am, it was light enough for her to be able to see the survivors. She and William realised that the weather was so poor that the lifeboat, based at North Sunderland, would be unable to launch and so decided they would try to rescue them themselves. I mean, that's a, you know, brave choice to do if they know that the weather's not not great very so taking an oar each father and daughter launched their wooden lifeboat and were forced to row for around a mile to avoid being pushed onto sharp sharp rocks by the wind and tied reaching the survivors william climbed onto the rocks this left grace alone in the boat and to avoid it being smashed into the rock she had to keep rowing backwards and forwards on the rock William found eight men, one of which was badly injured, and one woman who was cradling the dead bodies of her two children. 
Now, the boat can date everyone at once. So four of the men, including the injured man and the woman, were put into the boat and rowed back to the lighthouse by William and three of the men. Once at the lighthouse, Grace helped her mother to look after the survivors whilst her father and two of the crew members returned for the remaining survivors. Whilst the Darlings were being heroes, the lifeboat had indeed set out from sea houses, but arrived after the survivors had been rescued. However, the weather by this point was so bad they couldn't return, so travelled to the lighthouse where they and the survivors had to wait three days for the storm to pass. I mean, that was both very, very brave, and also that lighthouse would have been incredibly crowded. Yeah, I think they had to like sleep in an outbuilding, but I feel like one of the uh, lighthouse members, one of Grace's brothers. Oh, okay. So, prob- so I mean, it's still very crowded. So, what did the public think of this rescue then? Well, as you can imagine, news of the rescue spread, and both darlings were hailed as heroes. Both were awarded gold medals from the Royal Humane Society and silver medals for gallantry from the Royal National Institute of the Preservation for Life from Shipwreck, which now, thankfully, is the RNLI, which is much easier to say. This made Grace the first woman to receive an RNLI medal. And whilst there was respect for both, it was Grace who got the most attention. In 1838, the Times wrote, quote, Is there in the field of history or of fiction even one instance of female heroism to compare for one moment with this. Now, this attention turned Grace into something of a celebrity, and not just in England, but the story spread around the world. So did the attention that she got for it change her life? It did. She couldn't go anywhere without being approached by fans. Painters sailed to her island home to capture her likeness, and hundreds of gifts, letters, and even marriage proposals were delivered to her. Donations totalling over £700 were raised, including £50 from Queen Victoria. Now, just for context, £700 is equivalent to £67,000 today. The Duke of Northumberland became her, quote, self-appointed guardian and founder of a trust established to look after her donations. Did she like all the attention that she was getting? Grace was described as being humble and found that, quote, Writing thank you letters and sitting for portraits left her little time to get on with her life and hated the countless requests for locks of hair. She received a lot of these, like a lot, a lot, but that was quite common in Victorian times. I mean, it's quite a change for a woman that's gone from living in a pretty remote lighthouse to suddenly being in the spotlight. So what happened to her? I feel like I'm doing a you and I've told you about this amazing person and now it's going to get depressing. In 1842, whilst visiting her cousins on the mainland, Grace fell ill with tuberculosis. Upon hearing of Grace's ill health, the Duchess of Northumberland arranged for her to be moved to better accommodation close to Alnwick Castle, where she tended to her in person, as well as providing her with the services of her own physician. Despite this care, Grace's health continued to decline, and she was taken back to Bamborough, where she passed away on the 20th of October, 1842, aged just 26. Hundreds of people, rich and poor alike, crowded into St Aidan's Church for her funeral. Today, her grave, which shows her sleeping effigy holding an oar, is located on the west edge of the churchyard, north of her grave. And this, quote, provides a landmark for passing sailors. And it is really a beautiful monument. When this podcast goes out, we'll put some pictures up on Instagram because I was lucky enough to visit a couple of months ago. 
I mean, it's like such an extraordinary act of bravery that like completely turned her life on its head. Yeah. My introduction to Grace Darling came when I was much, much younger. I got a book about her. Um, I don't remember if it was like for Christmas or birthday, but I had a book about her and I remember reading it. And somewhere along the line, my brain thought it was fiction. Yeah. And then I was on holiday in Northumberland with my nan and my other half. And we went to Lindisfarne and there's a lifeboat station there. Mm-hmm. And it mentioned the Grace Darling lifeboat because the lifeboat was named after her. And then by some strange quirk of fate, there was a documentary on the TV that evening about lighthouses and about her rescue. Yeah. And it turns out we were staying like 20 minutes away from Bambra, which had the church she's, she's buried in and the RNLI museum, which is dedicated to her. Yeah. So of course we had to go visit and oh. both of them. If you're in that area, go visit. That's really cool. I love it when you read about these and you think, you know, it's such a, a weird thing that my brain was like, oh, yeah, it's fiction because she did this really heroic, brave thing. Yeah. And she was actually real. So if you want to know more, then please pop us a message for the sources we used in this podcast. We'll also pop the details of the Grace Darling Museum and St. Aidan's Church in the podcast description, should you want to visit yourself. And as I said, there will be, when this goes out, we'll post um, pictures to our Instagram so you can check them out as well. Yes. This is the last of our 15-minute history podcast for 2022. We will be back next year with lots of new and exciting people, places and events from history. But until then, take care of yourselves and each other.